it's hard to find creative ways to keep the kids busy and screen free while stretching their brains, especially these days. Mel Science does all the legwork for you so you can spend more quality time tackling projects together and they won't even know they're learning. With Mel Science, there's something for every kid. We've just received some awesome Mel chemistry sets, but also there is Mel Kids, Mel Physics, Mel Med, and Mel STEM sets, and they are all for different age groups. We can't wait to get started with the kit we have received. Get 60% off your first box of any of the subscriptions by using the promo code CHEMIS for the first month for any of Mel Science's subscriptions, but it will only be active for one month. You can find the link in the episode description. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms, including Odyssey. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Chadwin Hanna. Thanks for joining me today. It is so good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Chadwin is a good colleague of mine. We went to high school together. He was the former head boy before I was the head boy in 2014. He was the head boy in 2013. Uh, Chadwin is a graduate of Kering University where he majored in mechanical engineering with a specialty in bioengineering applications. He also has a minor in biochemistry. He comes from a diverse cultural background, having received his secondary education in Freeport, the Bahamas, at the great Bishop Michael Eldon School, and pursued his post-secondary studies in the USA. He is determined to use his knowledge of engineering on the human body to leave a lasting impact on the world of medicine, and important, most importantly, the lives of people for whom this industry exists. Like I said earlier, Chadman's a good colleague and a good friend of mine. It is a pleasure and an honor to have such a bright young man on this podcast today. Thank you so much, Chadwin, for joining me today. It's so good to have you on as a guest. Well, me and Chadwin go way back to high school, uh, all the way back to high school. And he was a former head boy before me, and I was head boy after him. So that's, and we also knew each other from just being in science together. So, Chadwin, as we begin, what have been your long-standing interests in the field of science? So, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, great that we get to connect like this. But science, like you said, from high school, we were kind of always interested in science together, you know, from, from as early as I can remember, I think I had a desire to be a physician. Um, and that goes, and that just like led into this interest that I had in science, whether it was biology, chemistry, it's like, I want to be a doctor. Medicine is very cool to me. So I just gravitated to all the fields of science. Um, eventually that led to me going to do my bachelor's and become a mechanical engineer. And that led me down a whole other path into the medical device industry and really 
understanding how things work, being an innovator. And now I, I find myself right back in medical school, where I, what I wanted to do from, like I said, as far as I can remember. So it's always been science, man. It's very good. It's very good. So my question to you is, I want, we want to, I want to hit on like immediately. How do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general? So when you face challenges and obstacles, which I'm sure you have, how do you maintain view of the bigger picture and keep your goal in focus? I think a big thing for me is knowing what my goal is, right? And if you don't have a clear picture of your goal before you set out on your journey, then it's even not much harder to keep it in sight. You don't know what you're looking at. Okay. Um, for me, before I went to undergrad, I knew like, hey, I want to be a neurosurgeon. Um, and I knew, I didn't necessarily know the path that I would take to get there, but I knew like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, that path took me, like I said, through uh, Kettering University. I studied mechanical engineering, did a minor in biochemistry. When I graduated from uh, Kettering, I ended up in Miami, working for Johnson & Johnson as an R&D engineer. Mm-hmm. making neurovascular devices for stroke treatment okay. which was like which was an offset of what I eventually want to do as a physician but um, I was able to look at it from a completely different perspective as an engineer okay. so I think with the, with the bigger goal in mind that hey I want to be a neurosurgeon right like it, I'm, I was taking a step back and making the devices that neurosurgeons use so that later on in my career, like, this will make me an even better neurosurgeon because I know how to make the tools and I know how to use them. Yeah. So I think it's just keeping keeping the vision in mind and not necessarily getting caught up in the past, right? I know a lot of uh, undergrads going into medical school, they get kind of stressed um, when it comes to gap years and understanding, like, hey, like, I need to get to medical school ASAP. I don't want a gap year or I just want one gap year. I took four gap years. That wasn't like like planned. That wasn't in plan, right? But I got into something. I loved what I was doing, and I was learning, and I was in a an environment where I could really like grow and flourish. And it was something that I thought I needed to do before going to med school. And I I love it. I think it made me a better person. But always have the bigger goal in mind. Like I said, just keep it on your head, and everything that you do should be in progress of that goal. Everything. Yeah, I completely agree. Precision. Precision. You hit around the target, you come closer and closer to the ultimate precision. Um, So how have you been adaptive and creative in the fields of science? In what way you served as an R&D engineer? Are you currently still serving as an R&D engineer? Yeah, so I'm currently still uh, spending a few hours working with my R&D colleagues at J&J. Okay, good. It's been a blessing, right? It's also... It's it's a time box. I'm in medical school. I'm in an MD PhD program, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still doing some work in the field. I mean, it's great for me because I get to use two different sides of my brain, studying all this medicine, like really science side. But I'm also still doing some engineering, which is great. Um, but I think to answer your question, it's I just kind of take it day by day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like every day looks a little different. Okay. And you just kind of got to be 
for me, I, I take it day by day so as to not stress myself out with the, with the like enormity of the tasks okay. that there are to face, right? Knowing, like I said, keeping the big goal and picture is great. Keep it in mind, keep it in focus, but at the same time, it's hard to look at that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's hard to look at this huge, grandiose thing. It, sometimes you just got to take it apart and look at it section by section. That's what I try to do day by day. Um, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, because I've heard, I've heard several things. Um, you have to be pragmatic. There's a quote that says, if you want to eat an elephant, eat it one bite at a time. And also, when it right. comes to anatomy, I, unless you're doing gross anatomy, most times you look at anatomy like one system at a time, one part of the body at a time, so you can really understand what's going on. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. So, how yeah. do you seek or find the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually? What led you to Johnson & Johnson? How did you get there? And also, what led you to the UF? How did you get there as an MD-PhD candidate? I think a big thing for me, I'll tell a story in a minute, but I think the biggest thing is the people, man. In order to, to learn, I think two things have to be true. One, you have to be in a mental space and understand that you want to learn. So you have to have the desire to learn. And two, you have to be in an environment that fosters your learning, right? If both of those things aren't there, then learning isn't going to happen. It isn't something that just happens. You can't just sit in the classroom and learn if you don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn. You also can't just sit in the classroom. Even if you want to learn and the environment isn't great, you're not going to learn. And you have so, the capability as well. Capability. Right, yeah. right. You got to have the capability. So for me... One of the big things I look at is the environment. Like, is this a space where I can grow, where I can learn, and where the people are going to help me to foster uh, my growth and my learning? So, for me, coming while I was in school, I was co-oping for a company called Ethicon Endosurgery, which was also uh, part of Johnson & Johnson at the time. Yeah. That's when I first got into the medical device industry. I was making laparoscopic devices. I was, like, doing R&D engineering work, research and design as a sophomore in college. Okay, good. Great, right? So right there, I was working with a group of people that really trusted my ability, um, trusted the things that I was doing and allowed me and gave me the space to grow, learn, make mistakes, right? But also make my thoughts and my uh, opinions be heard, which I think is very important. Amazing. Yeah. It's extremely important. To like be heard and one seen. to be heard and seen, right? Um, so I stayed at Ethicon for a while. I actually did four different rotations there because, like I said, the environment was amazing, and I just love working for J and J as a company. The the credo of the company, what it stands for, and I understood like, hey, I'm doing engineering because I want to help people, and I'm doing it in the medical device field. Okay. Um, and this is going to benefit my career later. So after I graduated, I wanted to stay with J&J. Unfortunately, I didn't um, have an opportunity to go back to Ethicon. So I was looking, which was which ended up being great for me in the long term. I found this company in Miami called Serenovis. And they designed neurovascular devices. It was a and j company. I applied and I got like an interview in like a week. They told me to fly down there. I flew down there. And the environment was like, it was electric. I walk in the lab, there's engineers working. Um, they have doctors visiting very often. 
people are bouncing information back and forth. People are asking me what I think about things that are going on, and I'm just there for an interview. So I'm like, this is an environment that would be great for me. Um, and that's kind of why I ended up there. Because, like I said, it's all the people, the environment, um, people able to foster your growth and your learning. Yeah. And that's also why I ended up at UF. UF, when I was looking at MD-PhD programs, I really wanted something that's collaborative, um, where physicians are working with researchers, where like people are on the cutting edge of science. There's a lot of clinical studies going on. People are actually actively trying to make a difference in the field. And um, UF is, is the fit for me. Good, good. Having a strong sense of agency and also having the capacity to jump from one S-curve to the next. So as you learn and plateau, you, you learn, gain the skills, plateau, become comfortable in the environment, and you jump to another one. We're jumping yeah. S-curve to S-curve. That's good. It's very good. Yeah. So what have been your most effective and impactful ideas to date? What have you complemented to in terms of, uh, so let me make this more practical. So you worked at J&J. Yeah, you worked at J&J. Yeah. How did you add your flair to the environment? What complements you adding your flair? That's a good question. Um, I'm always me. Uh, and I think that's great. I, I found that for me as an engineer, I'm an innovator. And I love to, I love to be efficient. Um, How did you do that? I had just kind of like what I said about the gold having a big goal and breaking it into chunks granular like, yep. if I see if I see a task I have to break it into smaller pieces mm-hmm. I have to um, I had a mentor at Ethicon that called me an optimizer because anytime you give me a problem I'll be like there has to be an easier way to do this like that <laughs> there has to be an easier way to do it and that's how I face problems daily if something is going on I'm like wait there has to be an easier way to do this it has to be a more efficient way to do it. If it's That's a process. It builds the climbing. Right. If there's a if there's a process that's saying manufacturing, I'm like, wait, only one person can do this? How can we optimize it so that multiple people can do it? How can we get it done quicker? And you ask, how do I add my flair in that environment? I think that one of the most important things, especially in regards to innovation, whether it's science or industry, is just having diversity of thought and diversity of everything. Mm-hmm. Diversity is so important. Me, of course, I was the only, um, at the time, I was the only black R&D engineer working in that office in Miami, which is great. And I was like the youngest person working there as well as an R&D engineer. Of course, I was the only person from the Bahamas. So all these different factors of diversity just influenced the way that I was thinking completely differently from everyone else, right? Um, I think that is so important. So if I'm forming a team, I'm always thinking about, like, where can I grab diversity from? Who's thinking differently than I am? Right? I don't want a bunch of chatterings on, on my team, even though I think I'm great. I don't want a bunch of... I don't want a What's bunch wrong of with teams. that, bro? I feel the same way. I want, <laughs> I want, I want like as many different people as, as possible. So, um, and I work with people who really care about what I have to say. Yeah, and cool. I think that that's like a part of respect, um, and also trust. Mm-hmm. Trust in that, like I know what I'm talking about when I say something. Yeah, 
hard to find you could work forever and like don't find a group of people that trust you yeah that's true and so several things come up one you have to build your voice and you build your voice through having a good grasp of your field and having good acumen and good knowledge and good skills that are relevant to the area of expertise or the area that you're working in so that's one thing that comes up trust i've heard people say the speed the success of an organization goes or is a, one of the factors that complements the success is trust and the speed of trust in the environment influences the path and trajectory of the organization that's that two and then three um what you said brought up you brought up a key point being yourself you know um we could all try to be someone else but then as the day the best person we can be and i think this is an established fact is yourself there's something unique in your personal accomplishments you being able to do that well so that's good yeah very good yeah um so how do you maintain a balanced life given all your responsibilities and accomplishments are you balanced chadwin try to be man yeah that's good that's um, good so how do you manage it how do you manage your time how do you manage your workload that's a practical way to do this that's his question so for me currently like being in a mbbs program when i started i mean obviously i was living in miami i had a lot of free time um working in industry as soon as i got off of work I was off work and I really took time to have like mental space to myself. So, being out of school for 4 years, coming back into what I know is a really intense program, I'm like I'm not sacrificing my own mental health. I'm not I'm just not. Like I understand the medical school is hard. Some people would say like oh like I'm being arrogant or I'm being cocky because I'm like I'm not sacrificing my mental health, but I'm just not. So, because a lot of people do because a lot of people feel like that's the only way that you can make it in medical school you have to be up and study for 12 hours every day or 14 hours if you're not studying on the weekends then what are you doing um but i think that everyone has to find their niche and understand what they need to do in order to succeed um and for me what i've found like in this environment is that people compare themselves to others like i need to be studying this much or i need to be studying in this way and don't really take the time to find what works for them so a big thing for me is like like i said i haven't i wasn't in school for like 4 years so coming into it i really tried to figure out like what's going to work for me am i going to go to class or i started to go to class every day mm-hmm. like is this going to work for me Mm-hmm. And then some days I would sit home and watch lectures from the computer and I'm like this doesn't work for me I need to be in class mm-hmm. every day. This yeah. is active learning that I'm doing. Yeah. I have an exam every two weeks. I'm like how am I going to study for? Am I going to study every night? No, that's kind of stressful. Let me develop a schedule, develop a plan and like I know when I'm going to go through this material. That's been really helpful for me. Um it's good dude. Like I said I've been planning I have time for myself in my plan which I think is extremely important. If you don't make the time for your own mental health and it won't exist. Wow. Good point. Yeah. So, do it. I completely agree with you. You know, mental health is so important. One, two, um no you 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 made the joke of if you're not sacrificing your mental health and you said some people might say it's arrogant or cocky. Dude, you know at the end of the day people will say what they have to say. You, you have to live with you so yeah. I, i don't pay it no mind um but people yeah. people's opinions have merit but it doesn't float or sink your boat eh so no. so the reality is this is the thing that i think what you said is, is so important 
um, you said people compare themselves a lot in that environment. Um, my thing is, this is the thing, the question I raised for instances like that. If merit, if merit, if academic merit is comparative in the absolute sense, what happens when the com- things you are comparing are gone? Does the merit still exist? You have to have some type of... No. In- yeah, you still have... You have, sure. to have yeah, you have to have some individual merit in that you, you are trying to be a better you. That's another way to put that. You're trying to be a better person, just a better version of you every single day. So that's good. Yeah. How have you maintained... You got to show up as you every day, man. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Um, my thing is, if, you, if the only time you can have merit is when you compare, what's the point? Um, how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment? Like I said earlier, um, I think, especially in engineering, it's like teamwork is like you can't do anything by yourself. I learned that a long time ago. Um, it's the same, and I, I can't name one thing where you can actually do something alone. You can't. Medicine is like that. Science is like that. Um, and I already explained about having diverse minds and people from different backgrounds on your team. Um, what I think it really is is understanding how to work well as a team, right? So you can bring all these different people together, but if you don't have a structure of like, how do we flow together? What are the responsibilities of each person? Um, how do these people work together and be as efficient as possible to deal with the task at hand? then that's the problem. So really when I'm, like teamwork is the lifestyle. Like nothing exists but teamwork. I think I spent a lot of time in my team really trying to be as efficient as possible. Using each person's skills, expertise, um, to like really promote and and like bring the task at hand to fruition, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I try to I try to show up as like the best person that I can within that team as well, right? Because yeah. I'm there for a reason. So, like, what do you need me to do? How how can I use my expertise to make this happen? Yeah, I completely agree with you too. It's very important. So, do you have any advice to those wanting to pursue the field you're currently working in? What's your advice to the people listening? <sighs> my advice is just, especially for those applying. The MD PhD program extremely difficult to get it. Yeah. An MD program. It's just it's hard. Mm-hmm. Getting harder to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like like it's I would, I'm talking to professors and they're like, it's just hard. It's, it's hard. I've talked to professors and they're like, I don't know if I would get into medical school today. Like kudos to you guys. Um, and I think in generations coming it's just gonna be hard, harder and harder. So for me, this is actually, I applied to MD-PhD program twice. Um, I didn't get accepted in the last cycle. I got accepted in this cycle. And the fact that I reapplied shows the one thing that I would give people advice to is like, keep, like know what you want to do and keep on doing it. Yeah. Um, you can't let failure stop you from like achieving your goals. You can't, you have to be persistent. Yeah, bro. You have to have, you have to have some level of grit because it is be hard. You have to be stubborn. You have to be stubborn because people stubborn. are gonna try to stop you. You will have obstacles. People will drop walls in front of you to stop you. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But see, the thing, the thing with that, you know, I acknowledge that. 
when this is how I approach things like that, you know, you could throw the obstacles in, in my path, but at the end of the day, you're not sovereign. My faith perspective kicks in for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just an obstacle, it's just a hill to climb. So, right. what, have, what, have been most, what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? What, what's some good advice you've gotten from your parents or teachers, professors? What's helped you get through hard times? What goes through your mind when you someone drops a wall in your past? It's like, my dad would always tell me, like, to not ever let anyone stop you from achieving your goals. Yeah. And that, like, reverberates in my head daily. Okay. Like, I will never let anyone tell me that I cannot do something. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, of course, work within the guise of like what's capable. Like, like is this realistic? Can you set realistic goals for yourself? Yes. And if I think it's realistic, versus if you think it's realistic, then we have a we have a clash, right? I'm never gonna let you prove me wrong, mm-hmm. unless unless it is something that that's not realistic. And that in that regard, you have to know when to humble yourself as well. It is important. Right? Yeah, it's very important. You have to know when. Like, am I overreaching? you have to give space for someone to actually come in and tell you hey like maybe you are doing a little bit too much let me explain why right which is which takes a lot which takes a lot because i just said i won't let anyone ever come on my way of doing something that i want to do but at the same time there's a balance and i don't know everything I, yeah, I neither, just do don't. I. neither do i and that's okay i just don't just keep learning it's a yeah. growth beneficial uh i'm sorry for cut you off but the beneficial um, mindset i think is a growth mindset it's healthy especially in these spaces so um as you were saying you said it's a balance right yeah it's a balance what i was gonna say is like you might have a wall in front of you and you might want to climb that wall or you might want to go through that wall but someone knows what's on the other side of the wall and they're like wait Maybe you want to plan a little bit before you just go ahead and jump. Like you, you got to be able to listen to that person. Yeah, you have to be teachable. I completely agree. You have to be teachable. You have to give space for the right influences to have influence in your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So, yeah, yeah man. Chabin, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so good to have you on as a guest. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I. to find creative ways to keep the kids busy and screen free while stretching their brains, especially these days. Mel Science does all the legwork for you so you can spend more quality time tackling projects together and they won't even know they're learning. With Mel Science, there's something for every kid. We've just received some awesome Mel chemistry sets, but also 
There's male kids, male physics, male med, and male STEM sets. And they are all for different age groups. We can't wait to get started with the kit we have received. Get 60% off your first box of any of the subscriptions by using the promo code CHEMITS for the first month for any of Mel Science's subscriptions, but it will only be active for one month. You can find the link in the episode description. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. We're glad you listened. Feel free to download this podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms, including Odyssey. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Chadwin Hanna. Thanks for joining me today. It is so good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Chadwin is a good colleague of mine. We went to high school together. He was the former head boy before I was the head boy in 2014. He was the head boy in 2013. Uh, Chadwin is a graduate of Kering University where he majored in mechanical engineering with a specialty in bioengineering applications. He also has a minor in biochemistry. He comes from a diverse cultural background, having received his secondary education in Freeport, the Bahamas, at the great Bishop Michael Eldon School, and pursued his post-secondary studies in the USA. He is determined to use his knowledge of engineering and the human body to leave a lasting impact on the world of medicine, and most importantly, the lives of people for whom this industry exists. Like I said earlier, Chadman's a good colleague and a good friend of mine. It is a pleasure and an honor to have such a bright young man on this podcast today. Thank you so much, Chadwin, for joining me today. It's so good to have you on as a guest. Well, me and Chadwin go way back to high school, uh, all the way back to high school. And he was a former head boy before me, and I was head boy after him. So that's, and we also knew each other from just being in science together. So, Chadwin, as we begin, what have been your long-standing interests in the field of science? So, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, great that we need to connect like this. But science, like you said, from high school, we were kind of always interested in science together, you know, from, from as early as I can remember, I think I had a desire to be a physician. Um, and that goes, and that just like led into this interest that I had in science, whether it was biology, chemistry, it's like, I want to be a doctor. Medicine is very cool to me. So I just gravitated to all the fields of science. Um, eventually that led to me going to do my bachelor's and become a mechanical engineer. And that led me down a whole other path into the medical device industry and really understanding how things work, being an innovator. And now I, I find myself right back in medical school where I, what I wanted to do from, like I said, as far as I can remember. So it's always been science, man. It's very good. It's very good. So my question to you is, I want, we want to hit on like immediately. How do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general? So when you face challenges 
and obstacles, which I'm sure you have, how do you maintain view of the bigger picture and keep your goal in focus? I think a big thing for me is knowing what my goal is, right? And if you don't have a clear picture of your goal before you set out on your journey, then it's even not much harder to keep it in sight. You don't know what you're looking at. Okay. Um, for me, before I went to undergrad, I knew like, hey, I want to be a neurosurgeon. Um, and I knew, I didn't necessarily know the path that I would take to get there, but I knew like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, that path took me, like I said, through uh, Kettering University. I studied mechanical engineering, did a minor in biochemistry. When I graduated from uh, Kettering, I ended up in Miami working for Johnson & Johnson as an R&D engineer, mm-hmm. making neurovascular devices for stroke treatment, okay. which was like, which was an offset of what I eventually want to do as a physician. But um, I was able to look at it from a completely different perspective as an engineer. Okay. So I think with the, with the bigger goal in mind that, hey, I want to be a neurosurgeon, right? Like it, I'm, I was taking a step back and making the devices that neurosurgeons use so that later on in my career, like this will make me an even better neurosurgeon because I know how to make the tools and I know how to use them. Yeah. So I think it's just keeping, keeping the vision in mind and not necessarily getting caught up in the past, right? I know a lot of... Uh, undergrads going into medical school they get kind of stressed um when it comes to gap years and understanding like hey like i need to get to medical school asap i don't want a gap year or i just want one gap year mm-hmm. i took four gap years that wasn't like like plan that wasn't in the plan right but i got into something i loved what i was doing and i was learning and i was in a an environment where i could really like grow and flourish and it was something that i thought i needed to do before going to med school and I, I love it I think it made me a better person but always have the biggest goal in mind like I said keep it on your head and everything that you do should be in progress of that goal everything yeah I completely agree precision precision yeah. you hit around the target you come closer and closer to the ultimate right. precision um, so how have you been adaptive and creative in the fields of science in what way you served as an R&D engineer? Are you currently still serving as an R&D engineer? Yeah, so I'm currently still uh, spending a few hours working with my R&D colleagues at J&J. Okay, which good. Which has been a blessing, right? It's also, it's, it's a time box. I'm in medical school. I'm in an MD-PhD program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still doing some work in the field. I mean, it's great for me because I get to use two different sides of my brain studying all this medicine like really science side, but I'm also still doing some engineering which is great um but I think to answer your question it's I just kind of take it day by day you know um like every day looks a little different okay and you just kind of gotta be for me I I take it day by day so as to not stress myself out with the uh, with the uh, like enormity of the tasks mm-hmm. that there are to face right knowing like I said keeping the big goal and picture is great keep it in mind keep it in focus but at the same time it's hard to look at that all the time mm-hmm. it's hard to look at this huge grandiose thing it, sometimes you just got to take it apart look at it section by section that's what I try to do day by day um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, because I've heard, I've heard several things. Um, you have to be pragmatic. There's a quote that says, "If you want to eat an elephant, eat it one bite at a time." And also, when it right. comes to anatomy, I, unless you're doing gross anatomy, most times you look at anatomy like one system at a time, one part of the body at a time, so you can really understand what's going on. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. So, how yeah. do you seek or find the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually? What led you to Johnson and Johnson? How did you get there? And also, what led you to the UF? How did you get there as an MD PhD candidate? I think a big thing for me, I'll tell a story in a minute, but I think the biggest thing is the people, man. In go. order to, to learn, I think two things have to be true. One, you have to be in a mental space and understand that you want to learn. So you have to have the desire to learn. And two, you have to be in an environment that fosters your learning, right? If both of those things aren't there, then learning isn't going to happen. It isn't something that just happens. You can't just sit in the classroom and learn if you don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn. You also can't just sit in the classroom. Even if you want to learn and the environment isn't great, you're not going to learn. And you have so, the capability as well. Capability. Right. Yeah. Right. You got to have the capability. So for me, one of the big things I look at is the environment. Like, is this a space where I can grow, where I can learn, and where the people are going to help me to foster uh, my growth and my learning? So... For me, coming while I was in school, I was co-oping for a company called Ethicon Endosurgery, which was also uh, part of Johnson & Johnson at the time. Mm-hmm. That's when I first got into the medical device industry. I was making laparoscopic devices. I was like doing R&D, engineering work, research and design as a sophomore in college. Okay, good. Great, right? So right there, I was working with a group of people that really trusted my ability. Um, trusted the things that I was doing and allowed me and gave me the space to grow, learn, make mistakes, right? But also make my thoughts and my uh, opinions be heard, which I think is very important. Amazing. Yeah. It's extremely important. To like, be heard and one, seen. to be heard and seen, right? Um, so I stayed at Ethicon for a while. I actually did four different rotations there because, like I said, the environment was amazing and I just love working for J&J as a company, the, the credo of the company, what it stands for. And I understood like, hey, I'm doing engineering because I want to help people and I'm doing it in the medical device field. Okay. Um, and this is going to benefit my career later. So after I graduated, I wanted to stay with J&J. Unfortunately, I didn't um, have an opportunity to go back to Ethicon. So I was looking, which, was, which ended up being great for me in the long term. I found this company in Miami called Serenovis. They designed neurovascular devices. It was a J&J company. I applied and I got like an interview in like a week. They told me to fly down there, flew down there. And the environment was like, it was electric. I walk in the lab, there's engineers working. Um, They have doctors visiting very often. People are bouncing information back and forth. People are asking me what I think about things that are going on. And I'm just there for an interview. So I'm like, this is an environment that would be great for me. Um, that's kind of why I ended up there. Sounds good. Because, like I said, it's all the people, the environment, um, people able to foster your growth and your learning. Yeah. And that's also why I ended up at UF. UF, when I was looking at MBPHC programs, I really wanted something that's collaborative, um, where physicians are working with researchers. 
where like people are on the cutting edge of science. There's a lot of clinical studies going on. People are actually actively trying to make a difference in the field. And you have to a fit for me. Good, good. Having a strong sense of agency and also having the capacity to jump from one S curve to the next. So as you learn and plateau, you you learn, gain the skills, plateau, become comfortable in the environment, and you jump to another one. Where you're jumping yeah. S curve to S curve. That's good. It's very good. Yeah. So, what have been your most effective and impactful ideas to date? What have you complemented to in terms of? Uh, so, let me make this more practical. So, you worked at J and J. Yeah, you worked at J and J. How did you add your flair to the environment? What complemented you adding your flair? That's a good question. Um, I'm always me, uh, and I think that's great. I I found that for me as an engineer, I'm an innovator, and I love to I love to be efficient. Um, How did you do that? I had just kind of like what I said about the gold. Having a big goal and breaking it into chunks. Granular like, yep. If I see if I see a task, I have to break it into smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. I have to. Um, I had a mentor at Ethicon that called me an optimizer because anytime you sure. give me a problem, I'll be like, there has to be an easier way to do this. Like there, <laughs> there has to be an easier way to do, it. and that's how I face problems daily. If something is going on, I'm like, wait, there has to be an easier way to do this. It has to be a more efficient way to do. It. If it's That's a process, it builds the climbing. Right. If there's a if there's a process to say manufacturing, I'm like, wait, only one person can do this. How can we optimize it so that multiple people can do it? How can we get it done quicker? And you ask, how do I add my flair in that environment? I think that one of the most important things, especially in regards to innovation whether it's science or industry, it's just having diversity of thought and diversity of everything. Mm-hmm. Diversity is so important. Me, of course, I was the only, um, at the time, I was the only black R&D engineer working in that office in Miami, which is great. And I was like the youngest person working there as well as an R&D engineer. Of course, I was the only person from the Bahamas. So all these different factors of diversity just influenced the way that I was thinking completely differently from everyone else, right? Um, I think that is so important. So if I'm forming a team, I'm always thinking about, like, where can I grab diversity from? Who's thinking differently than I am? Right? I don't want a bunch of chatterings on, on my team, even though I think I'm great. I don't want a bunch of... I don't want a What's bunch wrong of with that, bro? I feel the same way. I want, <laughs> I want, I want like as many different people as, as possible. So, um, and I work with people who really care about what I have to say. Yeah, and cool. I think that that's like a part of respect, um, and also trust. Mm-hmm. Trust in that, like I know what I'm talking about when I say something. Yeah, it's hard to find. You could work forever and like don't find a group of people that trust you yeah that's true and so several things come up one you have to build your voice and you build your voice through having a good grasp of your field and having good acumen and good knowledge and good skills that are relevant to the area of expertise by the area that you're working in so that's one thing that comes up trust i've heard people say the speed the success of an organization goes or is a, one of the factors that complements the success is trust and the speed of trust in the environment influences the path and trajectory of the organization that's that too 
And then three, um, what you said brought up, you brought up a key point, being yourself, you know? Um, we could all try to be someone else, but at the end of the day, the best person we can be, and I think this is an established fact, is yourself. There's something unique in your personhood that complements you being able to do that well. So that's good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, so how do you maintain a balanced life given all your responsibilities and accomplishments? Are you balanced, Chadwin? Try to be, man. Yeah, that's good. That's um, good. So how do you manage it? How do you manage your time? How do you manage your workload? That's a practical way to do this. Answer this question. So for me, currently, like being in an MDPHC program, when I started, I mean, obviously, I was living in Miami. I had a lot of free time um, working in the industry. As soon as I got off of work, I was off work and I really took time to have like mental space to myself. So being out of school for four years, coming back into what I know is a really intense program, I'm like, I'm not sacrificing my own mental health. I'm not, I'm just not. Like I understand that medical school is hard. Some people would say like, oh, like I'm being arrogant or I'm being cocky because I'm like, I'm not sacrificing my mental health, but I'm just not. So, because a lot of people do, because a lot of people feel like that's the only way that you can make it in medical school. You have to be up and study for 12 hours every day or 14 hours. If you're not studying on the weekends, then what are you doing? Um, but I think that everyone has to find their niche and understand what they need to do in order to succeed. Um, for me, what I've found like in this environment is that people compare themselves to others. Like I need to be studying this much or I need to be studying in this way and don't really take the time to find what works for them. So a big thing for me is like, like I said, I haven't, I wasn't in school for like four years. So coming into it, I really tried to figure out like what's going to work for me. Am I going to go to class? So I started to go to class every day. Mm-hmm. Like, is this going to work for me? And then some days I would sit home and watch lectures from the computer. I'm like, this doesn't work for me. I need to be in class mm-hmm. every day. This yeah. is active learning that I'm doing. Yeah. I have an exam every two weeks. I'm like, how am I going to study? For this? Am I going to study every night? No, that's kind of stressful. For me. Let me develop a schedule, develop a plan. And like, I know when I'm going to go through this material. That's been really helpful for me. Um, it's good, dude. Like I said, I've been planning. I have time for myself in my plan, which I think is extremely important. If you don't make the time for your own mental health, then it won't exist. Wow. That's a good point. Yeah. So, dude, I completely agree with you. You know, mental health is so important. One. Two, um, you know, you, you, you made the joke of if you're not sacrificing your mental health, and you said some people might say it's arrogant or cocky. Dude, you know, at the end of the day, people will say what they have to say. You have to live with you. So yeah. I don't pay it no mind. Um, but people, yeah. people's opinions have merit, but it doesn't float or sink your boat, eh? So no. so the reality is, this is the thing that I think, what you said is, is so important. Um, you said people compare themselves a lot in that environment. Um, my thing is, this is the thing, the question I raise for instances like that. If merit, if merit, if academic merit is comparative, in the absolute sense, what happens when the com- things you are comparing are gone? Does the merit still exist? You have to have some type no. of yeah. You still have you have, to have some, yeah. You have to have some individual merit in that you you are trying to be a better you. That's another way to put that. You're trying to be a better person, just better version of you every single day. So that's good. Yeah. 
Harvey maintained. You got to show up as you every day, man. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Um, my thing is, if you, if the only time you can have marriage is when you compare, what's the point? Um, how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment? Like I said earlier, um, I think, especially in engineering, it's like teamwork is like you can't do anything by yourself i learned that a long time ago um it's the same and i i can't name one thing where you can actually do something alone you can't medicine is like that science is like that um and i already explained about having diverse minds and people from different backgrounds on your team um what i think it really is is understanding how to work well as right so you can bring all these different people together but if you don't have a structure of like how do we flow together what are the responsibilities of each person um how do these people work together and be as efficient as possible to deal with the task at hand then that's the problem so really when I'm, like teamwork is the lifestyle like nothing exists but teamwork i think i spent a lot of time in my team really trying to be as efficient as possible using each person's skills expertise um to like really promote and and like bring the task at hand to fruition you know yeah i really agree i try to i try to show up as like the best person that i can within that team as well right cuz i'm there for a reason so like what do you need me to do how how can i use my expertise to make this happen yeah i completely agree with you too It's very important. So, do you have any advice to those wanting to pursue the field you're currently working in? What's your advice to the people listening? My advice is just especially for those applying to the MBPH program, really difficult to get it. Yeah. The MD program is just it's hard. Mm-hmm. Getting harder to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like like it have I'm talking to professors and they're like it's just hard. It's hard. I've talked to professors and they're like I don't know if I would get into medical school today. Like kudos to you guys. Um and I think in generations coming it's just going to be hard, harder and harder. So for me this is actually I applied to MDPHC program twice. Um I didn't get accepted in the last cycle. I got accepted in this cycle. And the fact that I reapplied shows the one thing that i would give people advice to is like keep like know what you want to do and keep on doing it yeah. um you can't let failures stop you from like achieving your goals you can't you have to be persistent yeah, bro. you have to have you have to have some level of grit because it is be hard you have to be stubborn you have to be stubborn cuz people are going to try to stop you mm-hmm. like, you will have you will have obstacles that's just people will drop walls front of you to stop you. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But see the thing with the thing with that, and, you know, I acknowledge that. But this is how I approach things like that. You know, you can throw the obstacles in in my path, but at the end of the day you're not sovereign. My faith perspective kicks in for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just an obstacle, it's just a hill to climb. So, right. what have been some of your most was been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? What what's some good advice you've gotten from your parents or teachers, professors? What's helped you get through hard times? What goes through your mind when you someone drops a wall in your path? It's like my dad would always tell me like to not 
ever let anyone stop you from achieving your goals. And that like reverberates in my head daily. Like, I will never let anyone tell me that I cannot do something. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, of course, work within the guise of like what's capable. Like, like, is this realistic? Can you set realistic goals for yourself? Yes. And if I think it's realistic, Versus if you think it's realistic, then we have a we have a clash, right? I'm never gonna let you prove me wrong, mm-hmm. unless unless it is something that that's not realistic. And that in that regard, you have to know when to humble yourself as well. It's important. Right? Yeah, it's very important. You have to know when, like, am I overreaching? You have to give space for someone to actually come in and tell you, hey, like maybe you are doing a little bit too much. Let me explain why, right? Which is which takes a lot, which takes a lot. Cause I just said, I won't let anyone ever come in my way of doing something that I want to do. But at the same time, there's a violence. And I don't know everything. I, yeah, I neither just do don't. I. Neither do I. And that's okay. I just don't. Just keep learning. It's yeah. a growth. It's beneficial, uh, I'm sorry for cut you off, but the beneficial um, mindset, I think is a growth mindset. It's healthy, especially in these spaces. So, um, as you were saying, you said it's a balance, right? Yeah, it's a balance. What I was going to say is, like, you might have a wall in front of you, and you might want to climb that wall, or you might want to go through that wall, but someone knows what's on the other side of the wall, and they're like, wait, maybe you want to plan a little bit before you just go ahead and jump. Like, you you got to be able to listen to that person. Yeah, you have to be teachable. I completely agree. You have to be teachable. You have to give space for the right influences to have influence in your life yeah yeah that's yeah. good so yeah, yeah man Chabin, thank you so much for joining me today it was so good to have you on as a guest thanks for listening we're glad you were able to tune into this podcast once again this is the new chemist where we discuss chemistry which simply put is the science of change as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I.